Hello, this is Thursday, July 16th. Uh, John and Jack are here for another episode of Set the Table. How's it um, going, eh? Not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, this is going to be episode uh, 16. 16. 16 already. Um, and uh, we're talking about NPCs tonight. Um, we uh, we talked a lot about 7C last time, and we, we've gotten into 7C, and we've gotten into 5e a little bit and uh we've talked about some other sort of not you know i don't i don't like saying basic stuff but you know kind of basic stuff but something that we haven't really touched on a lot is uh is npcs so i feel like it's probably a good time in the history of the show to to pay npcs uh, a bit of a visit um yeah well they can make or break a game well yeah uh, speaking of games, we played uh, 7C yesterday, and that was excellent. We did play excellent. 7C yesterday. Um, we I, bopped uh, around a little bit, got a lot of big info, spilled the beans to uh, an NPC, and uh, got her to help us, so we think. She's going to go along with you for now. But for now. But she has her <laughs> own... She has her own idea of the outcome she wants to have, but no, I was I was really happy with the Seventh C uh, campaign. It's it's it is um, rapidly evolving into a soap opera. Um, is it? And it, it 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 it. So I created a set of relationships between the NPCs, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this later on in the episode. Um, and I like to give my NPCs motivations and, and structure. And we also talked about villainy in 7C and how villains actually have schemes that are happening as the players are mm-hmm. playing their story. Yeah. Uh, so um, I just – I had made notes about why certain people would do things that look um, like the maestro. Maestro Giuseppe Conavera. He runs an art school. His dean of administration is a weaselly guy with a high-pitched voice, and he's potentially doing bad stuff. And people in the party, the heroes, are rightfully going, Maestro, why did you hire this guy? He seems like a yutz. And there's a there was a specific reason. I I had a couple of reasons kind of sketched out. Um, and I just picked one. In fact, I think I'm going to turn that into a random table, so you, the module can be different um, depending on who, how, when you play it. Um, but I picked one, uh, illegitimate child. He's my, he's my love child with a girlfriend from, from my youth, and I feel responsible. I got to take care of him. Uh, whether that's true or not, I think the heroes have to figure that out for themselves. So um, what can I? What was? Yeah, go ahead. Can, can I get one of the other potential things that that could be? Because I feel like depending on the maestro's relationship to uh, Paolo, that would change how Paolo acts and what we thought of him. Because initially we thought that he was against the maestro, and he might be, but at least we know that that is uh, out of ignorance, not out of villainy now. So what what might one of the other ho- options have been? So one of the other options is that Paolo actually has already taken all of the money um, and won't give the maestro any – the has the maestro basically on a stipend because the maestro is 
uh, a terrible drunk and a danger to himself. Um, so, so that's one that, of the that seems too easily resolvable through legal means. Like the money's his. We go to the governor, tell him to tell Paolo to cough it up. It's it's more complicated because Paolo has some skills you haven't uncovered yet. Oh, um, all right but, then. So so there are there are there are some and 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 I I'm playing with two females um, and I kind of went down the emotional connection uh, to try and bring them more into the game because um, I I think. Uh, and yes, I'm being gender biased here. Yeah, it's definitely I, a little bit of sexism there. It, it is a little bit of sexism, but I I think the female players can identify more with a complicated emotional story, and they can they will feel more entitled or more connected to the puzzle. All right. And and again, that's just that's just me being a little gender biased. You and, also and you also to... have known the players for a long time, so yes. part of that too is your your personal insight into those players. And it's like if I present them with this kind of uh, lovers' triangle, uh, illegitimate child, emotional puzzle, I think they'll enjoy that. Yeah, right? no. So, I mean, yes. you and Kristen watch your vampire soap operas together, and Callie is. <laughs> super empathic as a person so so, so, I, no, that, you, you so that's it. that's the so that's the, the the one i picked off the table and then there's a couple of others um there's one and, and again if i start revealing these to you it's gonna no um, well then yeah no no, no don't don't yeah, i won't i won't we, reveal we'll, the we'll leave it there them, for now because that will help shape your opinion of paolo uh signore fantrici yeah uh in the future and i, and I think you want to discover that on your own next session so. yeah well some session. Some session. Um, <clears throat> my group finally got to playing our uh, our 5e main game again. Um, and it was uh, one of the best sessions that we've had in a little while. Uh, I mentioned it at the end of our 7c session yesterday, how we kind of maybe threw you for a loop, but my party definitely threw me for a loop. Um, one of the characters' parents are uh, in prison currently on mysterious... Uh, mysterious charges, I guess I'll say, and I fully expected the party to try to, because uh, they had started exploring that the session prior, <clears throat> and I was like, all right, they're going to want to investigate that further, but there's also a big festival coming up in four four days of in-game time, and so maybe I thought they would plan and prepare, and they decided they would go and, and take a look around uh, the the player slash parents their their family home um which the player has been gone for months parents were involved in a clandestine organization and were mysteriously arrested and so the party decided to go stroll by the house and the most unlikely of players was like i'm gonna go walk in walk up to the door i was like okay what do you what's your plan there you got two guards on either side of the doorway and she said well i'm gonna uh, excuse me, gentlemen, I, I've got a dinner and I'm running late. I, I need to get inside, please. Um, <clears throat> had to roll a persuasion check. She did okay. They were like, oh, maybe we should go and check. Um, next, she tried a deception in the form of, oh, no, 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 this wasn't necessarily scheduled. I just meant to come and drop by to have dinner. Please don't, please don't bother anyone. I'll, I'll see myself in. I was like, all right, give me a deception. 
Nat 20. So she waltzes into a manor full of bad guys, alone, completely unawares. She uh, dawdles around a little bit before the seven-foot-tall half-orc barbar- uh, fighter um, saunter. He, he got an item that lets him shapeshift into an arctic fox once a day. So he shapeshifts into an arctic fox, trots out in front of the guards, transforms back into from little arctic fox to seven foot tall half orc and just starts swinging and uh the party caused a bit of a commotion in the street managed to uh alleviate some of their they killed a whole bunch of guards um so now they're probably wanted in the city for more reasons than one um, but they did manage to to kill that master of the house, learned some things, robbed the safe, and are escaping through a hidden tunnel um, that the the player found when he had lived there as a child. So all of that was completely unplanned for. Uh, we've talked about the improv session. We've talked about world building a little bit. Um, those are the sort of skills that let me do that as gracefully as I did. Um, and then tonight we're talking NPCs. And fortunately, I didn't need any... Um, well, there was one. There was one guard that I had to stir up on the spot. But otherwise, the rest of it was planned. I'm a big planner. so Nice. Um, that was our 5e. And you're not playing your 5e game right now, right? Uh, I Take did. I actually... Nope. Monday, I played my 5e after a break. Oh. Um, and we, entered, we had, a new player has joined the troop. Uh, and she brought a half elf druid into. Oh, nice. So we're we're in the middle of a fight. So uh, we're in a prison. I'm playing a neutral evil Smurf Neblin, who was an accountant oh, yep. for a noble drow house um, just outside the ruins of Ched Nazad. Uh, my Smurf Neblin is in this prison because she was helping. One of my previous characters who played in the um, the Chult module, the big thick Chult. Yeah, book, you, you've you've uh, talked about Dolrea's entry yeah. before. So 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 Dolrea's she she's we're in the middle of this fight. We're fighting gelatinous cubes, and this cat walks into the fight, and then mm-hmm. the cat transforms into a half elf child, and so. I asked the GM very plainly. I didn't think I was being necessarily racist, but I was like, so uh, are we talking a drow or one of the Darth Rear, right? And and Darth Rear has some negative connotations if you speak drow, but um, then I had to translate to common because nobody else in my D&D group speaks drow uh, and say, so surface <laughs> elf. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, she's a wild wood elf. And, Dar- and so it's like, I, I can't hang out with this chick. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to get home to my matron mother so I can go back to my accounting job. Um, <laughs> I do not want to be seen with. So, so we had it was it was an interesting, um, and and this druid is uh, playing a juvenile, uh, so, and they have kind of a very. Um, they're not sure why they're in this prison. They just want to go back to their forest. Um, and that's and that's kind of where I'm not sure I haven't talked to the player, uh, but I think she's playing an obsessive compulsive style character like this character is so traumatized that all they basically can do is cry and say, I want to go back to the forest. Um, 
Neat. My character is just not going to have time for that, especially if it was a half drow. Maybe because then she would go up in standing with, Maybe, with the community but... she's trying to get into. Um, or if she gets the wrong matron mother, it's like, why did you let this thing live? Why didn't you put it out of its misery? Um, but it's uh, it's going to be very interesting uh, because Delray has already tried to sell her to the orphanage, uh, sell her to the brothel, uh, basically said, if it doesn't stop crying, I'm going to cut its throat. <laughs> Man. So... And and I don't and I've never met this person that I'm playing with, so there there's this challenge of, you know, hi, I'm Jack and I'm not an a hole, but I'm playing Dalrea Gem Counter and she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a it's uh, that's definitely an important thing that I don't know if we covered way back in our our session zero zero episode, yeah. but players are not characters and uh, no. especially for a GM you will do well to remember that and encourage your other uh, players to remember that as well so so Delray is hoping for um, she she's started to concoct a plan for either she's getting out of jail soon or she's going to start to build an underworld empire and just make a comfortable time for herself in prison. Nice. Um, and, and she's kind of, she's kind of coming to this decision. Unfortunately, what that might mean is that she turns on the party relatively, you know, within the next three to four sessions, she might be like, Oh, the guards want us to go do this, and you need me to help you plan because she's the high end, high charisma character mm -hmm. uh, in the group, and and she'll plan a double cross and get everybody killed, um, and and then be like, cool, I'm 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 free. I'm going down to. She's got a speakeasy where she sings uh, every three days. Nice. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna become a lounge singer. I'm gonna get a really nice cavern. I'm gonna get some booze and some and some dresses and, and just wait out my sentence, uh, and and that won't be and and unfortunately I think that will derail where my GM is trying to get the entire party to go. So I've yeah. got to talk to my GM. I've got to talk to my GM, and I've got to talk to my I've got to talk to this new player and make sure that she's not like that. Jack guy doesn't like my character. <laughs> no. Jack's character doesn't like your character. Jack thinks you're a fabulous player. Right, right. Very cool. Very cool. You'll have to keep us posted. Um, I feel like that's a, a good, well, maybe not a good, but that is a uh, challenging task for a DM to manage. Um, I feel like my gut approach would be to see if you want to keep playing Dolrea. Otherwise, like, oh, sure, she goes to do that, bench her, you can play another prisoner, and then the party gets to go on and do the adventure that the GM is trying to do. To do, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Because it's it's getting to the point now where it's almost I'm I feel like I'm forcing like, and we talked a little bit about this when we were talking about player types, right? I'm a method actor, yeah, and my characters tend to take a role, and and writers will tell you this too, right? Uh, if you if you read how to write fiction or if you watch authors' interviews. Um, sometimes the characters take you through the story and you're like, well, I'm writing the story for Dalrea. And at this point I'm starting to get the feeling that Dalrea wouldn't do this. And, and if Dalrea could, uh, come out of rule 20 and say, Hey, Jack, uh, she'd be like, 
hey, Jack, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go sing. I want to make money. I don't want to be. And that's how she talks. Quit, right? quit hanging out with these dumb skulls. Like, I, I got to stop hanging out with these mooks and do my own thing. They're dragging me down. Um, and yeah. and, uh, and when, that, when that message keeps coming through session, you know, it just it's mild right now. If it gets louder, I'm going to have to do something. Um, and, well, and I think I think my DM will be fine with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 Delray has messed up a lot of stuff already. <laughs> yes, uh, you've talked about her on the show a couple of times. So a couple of times. Uh, so do, do keep us posted, and we'll see what she does. Um, but let's get into uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, NPCs here. Um, so just real quick for people who don't know, if you're super new, uh, if you're jumping to this episode because you've read a little bit of the base set and this is where you're at, um, NPCs are non-player characters, uh, which is basically anybody or anything, dare I say? Yeah, anything. Anything, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that the GM RPs as uh, throughout the session. Um, so I, for, for quibbling sake, um, when I'm talking about NPCs throughout the episode... I am. I'm not talking about creatures, so um, not things that the enemy fights. Uh, although you could fight an NPC, um, but an, I'm I'm thinking more of um, people and things that the party will interact with beyond seeing it and engaging it in combat. So, so if you're looking like on the npc reaction table for example in several different systems we're talking about um non-player characters who are in the neutral to favorable range of reaction to your player sure would that be fair yeah so if you yeah. get to the unfavorable combative that's yes and, and i agree with you i i won't quibble with you at all all right um, I call, <laughs> well, good i call those things monsters um because I'm old school, even if it's like, no, that's the town guard and they're fighting you because you're lawbreakers. Well, in my brain, my brain says, oh, now they're monsters, right? They're humanoid. They're human monsters. Three hit dice apiece. Roll sure. your dice. Blah, blah, blah. No, that, that, that's so, a good way to, to think of it. What I yeah. wanted to clarify, because I don't want to go into like a goblin is an NPC. But if your parties got tasked to go and wipe out the goblins in a village that was harassing the town... You wouldn't design them like NPCs, like we're going to talk about. You'd design them like monsters. Right. Um, so yeah, I I would still technically classify. I did air quotes. You can't see it, but um, I would still technically classify them as NPCs. But that's not the kind of NPCs that we're talking about tonight. Um, see, and so I guess I will quibble with you. I would never call that an NPC unless unless there was a goblin with a speaking part who had information that the party needed or was was a hook to some other part of the adventure. Yeah, exactly. Um, goblins, goblins that roll initiative and start throwing rocks at you are monsters. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> Until your party decides to throw you for a loop by capturing one and interrogating it, like right. It, and of course, you never know what a party is going to do. Yeah, and I, and I, and we'll talk more about that later on because NPCs are one of the places where, as a GM, your party is your players are always out to get you. <laughs> They're always out to trip you up. They're always out to make you think on your feet. And and the place where they will do that, there's two places they will do that. The NPC and we want to go someplace that's not on the map. 
And we'll probably have to talk about that in another. We'll probably talk geography in another episode. But yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 did do improv a little bit. So if you're getting hung up a little bit on the well, how do you just do that? Um, go listen to the improv episode first, and then uh, come back here. Sure. So for NPCs, um, it's I we could start in so many different places, but I am a world builder, so I start with building NPCs. Um, and you can draw inspiration. We've talked about drawing inspiration before. Um, if you're running a module, you're going to have any important notable NPCs probably provided for you. So I don't know that we're going to touch on modules a whole lot. Um, but I, I have some comments later on, but yeah, okay. no. Yeah. Um, so mo modules will give you the name, their names, their stats, their motivations, how they fit into the story, that it, it'll all be pretty much packaged for you. Mm -hmm. uh, but there, there are some gotchas that we'll, we'll talk about later. Yeah, so how, how do you build that package for yourself? How do you, how do you construct those NPCs? Um, and so being a world builder, I, I like to start in the same place that I do when I'm world building is, is why is, what, what is it, right? Who is it? Give it, give it a name, give it some substance, and then why do we care? Why are they important? Or why aren't they important? Um, to to steal from our 7th C adventure, uh, Luigi was a previously unimportant little serving boy. Did he have a name before? So Luigi did not have a name. He was just going to be a first-year art student whose job it was that day to knock on the doors of all of the guests and to go through the guest wing and knock on the doors and announce that breakfast would be served. All right. That so, was his entire job. So he was a he was an improv NPC. But if you, you were building him, you would start you I mean the first thing that you did was you had who he was first or what role he played. Um, why why he needed to exist in the world. Yes. And then give him a who. What's his name? Give him a why are or aren't they important? Well, he's not important. He's just a guy who knocks on doors. But he became important when uh, Kara traumatized. Well, I don't know about traumatized him, but I think uh, she entertained him in a, in a in a salacious way. Yeah, uh, flashed flashed the poor young lad, um, and then from there you go and and give them depth, right? So once you have those things, that's a, a workable NPC, a name. A, a job or a role, and then a why are or aren't they important is usually what I start with. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, from there, from there, you can do hundreds of NPCs, right? You've got Ramses Archibald. He's a court wizard, and he's not important because whenever you go to meet with uh, the king or any of the king's advisors, he's just there scribbling on some parchment seemingly absent-mindedly taking notes and he doesn't become important until later on um, sure but I also start to look at connections right so Ramses is a court wizard and what does a court wizard have well he's got an apprentice uh, he's got a valet he might have a depending on the world you're playing in he might have a slave girl or a concubine um, 
it's there's there's a whole like that's that's one thing I've been doing and and I've been I've, I've been working on that I haven't posted it up on Game Meisters yet but uh, I've been working on a, a a kind of a month in the life of a drow noble house and all of the mundane normal right. There's the bugbear slaves who empty the chamber pots. There's the guards. And how many guards do you need? Well, if you're going to have, if you're going to watch, have an eight hour watch uh, for 24 hours, that's three sets of guards. And what if a guy gets sick? I, you, you know, you, you start to fill out, for me at least. Well, I'll create, like I created Luigi. And what you can't see in the notebook is I wrote out his class schedule. Right. Yes. So that's that's a lot more than I would do really? unless it was a really involved NPC. Yeah, because I'm not writing, I'm not writing a, a st- I'm not writing the story. Right. I am writing. I, I I don't know. I'm writing. I'm not even writing a whole outline. I'm writing like a a outline for the outline and letting my players write the story as we go. Um, cause I, 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 yeah, I don't, I mean, we're, his class schedule isn't going to become important until we need to find him or know where he is or what he's doing. But um, the, so, I mean, yes, it, that's true. But when you, when you do say, Hey, we got to f- talk to Luigi, I know where he is. It's like, what time is it? Oh, it's, it's the third bell. He's in, uh, he's in clay modeling, uh, one with uh professor Henri, which you guys met um right he when you stopped to talk to him uh what did he tell you what did he just learn in in his mixing colors class um how many shades of blue did he did he learn about today like it's it's uh it gives and and you and i were talking about this before we started the recording um i love npcs that have depth I, I do not, as a player, I do not like video game style NPCs and tabletop roleplay games, right? So I think about the, the, the guy who sells enchantments in Dragon Age 2. Is it Dragon Age 2? No, that's uh, Dragon Origin. Age. Dragon Age Origins, Origins, right? Enchantment. <clears throat> enchantment, right? Sandal. Um, and Sandal. And Sandal's cool, and he's got a neat little backstory. But when you talk to him, he's got two lines of dialogue. Because about, he's simple. After the third time, fourth time, you buy something from Sandal, it's like, he's going to say enchantment when I press the cross button. Enchantment? It's like, ah! So I, when I'm playing a tabletop role to play game, that's one of the things that differentiates a tabletop role play game with people playing and a video game MMO style experience is that in, in my Curse of Strahd game, um, my DM created a shopkeeper named Blinsky, and he gave him a silly voice, and we derailed the Curse of Strahd probably half a dozen times just to go back to Barovia to talk to Blinsky. It's like, oh, well, my potion case had six potions, and now I'm down to four. Let's go see Blinsky. And it's like, seriously you you the the thing is that i want you to do is just over the hill it sounds like you're making a case for not making in-depth npcs 
Well, but it it gives the game of, I mean, from a GM standpoint, it can be frustrating. And um, I put in the notes, there's a cardboard, there's a meme, several memes out there, right, where there's a GM and he's clutching his head in frustration because he has this well-crafted plot on the left-hand side of the cartoon frame. And on the right-hand side of the cartoon frame, there is a cardboard standee that says, uh, non-essential NPC, and the party is like all gathered around the non-essential and they, NPC. And they love him, yeah. And they love him, like Luigi, right? Yep. That was supposed to just be a kid who knocked on a door, and you guys got so invested in Luigi that you sailed almost 160 miles to find his mother to stop a blackmail plot that would have embarrassed him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and but we and that so was, but we don't. That was a like, whole session that you guys enjoyed and got it, it enriched the story and it moved it moved the, the plot along. I appreciate it because it gave my villains uh, some breathing room to to work on their schemes. Um, but that was it, it. It didn't hurt your experience, right? It didn't make the game. No, less no, no, fun. no. It did. It didn't. That's not. That's not at all what I'm. I'm suggesting. But okay. we didn't need his class schedule to do that, and you could just make up where he is or what he's doing on a given day, and we trust you to be, you know, accurate or whatever about that. Where I, I think I could, that especially not... for new GMs who don't have hours to prep their sessions and they're not going to be wake up at 3 a.m and go oh my god luigi he's supposed to be in this class uh, let me scratch that down in my notebook <laughs> yeah yeah it's i and I, again i'm totally not advising you or anyone else not to do that if you feel inspired to give npcs that much depth then by all means please do um but don't i don't think that you need it for your players to have a good time um I mean, if we're going back to like the building blocks of NPCs, you you really just need who they are, what they're doing there, and why they are or aren't important. And I think if you are going to give them, if you're going to spend a little bit more time to give them more depth, maybe it's a quest giver, maybe it's somebody who the party will need to interact with again, maybe it's somebody you want them to interact with, and so by making them uh, a deeper character, you can subtly nudge your players um, in a direction or not. Uh, you can give that NPC strengths and weaknesses. You can give them a story role. Um, like you said, I, I wait all the way down here is where I would put um, you know, relationships and connections to other characters. Unless I sure. am building them that way, right? So if right. The, the first step is, you know, who are they? What role do they play? If it's, oh, there's a king, he needs a queen. All right, so queen, going to give her a name, going to say she is important because people love her more than the king, and now we're going to give her more depth because she's going to end up talking to the players a lot. So one of her strengths is espionage and intrigue, and she's actually a talented falconer, so she has a private falcon roost that she can send letters from. But one of her weaknesses is that she has a, a low constitution and she's naive. So she attends all these parties and drinks all this wine and um, gets sick a lot. <laughs> sure. Maybe she gets sick. Yeah. Maybe uh, somebody could poison her easily. Um, you know, let, let your players draw the conclusions from the information that you give them. 
Um, and I, I like that exchange better than designing everything about an NPC in a vacuum by myself. I, I just, I just look at the store. I mean, I, there, yes, there are NPCs that I have just let organically grow. I'm thinking of, uh, Y H three, uh, one dash one, uh, is a clone that we, uh, nicknamed yay, uh, in a paranoia campaign. And he is an ultra red citizen. So in in Alpha Complex, ultra red citizens uh, hot rack with an ultra another ultra uh, infrared infrared citizen. He hot racks, so he doesn't have his own apartment. He basically has a bed in a footlocker. He's on duty twelve hours a day as a janitor, and he's on happy pills and bubbly uh, clear bubbly drink to keep him motivated. Yeah, uh, yep. to, you, to you... do the computer's bidding, and and he. He showed up to mop up a mess. Uh, the party asked him his, his designation, and he said, yay! And, of course, it's stamped on his overalls. Uh, they didn't have to ask him, but, but they did anyway. Uh, and, and they liked the way he said, yay! Uh, so then he started becoming kind of a recurring comic relief. Um, yeah, he was, he was trying to hang up a, a poster with... Uh, only one piece of tape so yep, he would you've, tape you've the, mentioned this before we've, we've told this story uh before and and the party just you know er, every time they needed a little bit of a comic boost or or they were someplace um where it made sense for for mr yh uh three one to show up yay would show up and and just do something silly um he didn't have a big background right he was grown in a vat uh, and he, that's it. That's, that's, that's his background. He was growing <laughs> in the vat and he's a janitor. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You um, got his name, his role and no, he's not important until the party makes right. him important. And, and then you, and then you can give him more depth. And, and I think one of the things that you mentioned and, and I'll kind of, this is my other side, right. Of, of the NPC, uh, coin is, uh, like how seven C handles brutes. If you don't need to create an NPC, don't. Right? If your party's going into town and they're going to go to the blacksmith and get their weapons sharpened, they're going to go to the armors, the the tanner and get their leather armor repaired, they're going to go to the tailor and get their cloaks sewn, they're going to go to the baker and get some food, and then they're going to leave town. You, if your party wants to role play all those interactions make some NPCs. If your party's like, you know, let's just hit town, do what we need to do and get back on the road. Then don't like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, save, save yourself some time. It's, I mean, you've got time, you got time to spend on, you know, we meant geography. You got time to spend on plots, right? Um, traps, puzzles, I, encounters. I always like to think like, okay, you know, when was the last time you went to a fast food restaurant? Oh me? I, I, um, yeah. Uh, you I, you don't eat ago. a lot of fast food. Months no. ago, right? I went to Chick Fil A uh, two days ago. I got waited on by uh, a lovely young lady. Uh, a gentleman brought me my food. I didn't even bother to read their name tags. I drove away with my chicken sandwich. Like those were NPCs, um, but they weren't important. So as you know. The, the great GM in the sky didn't give them names or backstories for me to discover. 
right? They, they have names, they're right. They're real people. They have names, they have stories, they have lives, but, but I didn't interact with them at that level. It was, here's my debit card. I'm going to take my number one in my sweet tea. I'll have a blessed day. Thank you. And give me back my debit card. Now I drive away. Right. So when you're crafting those engagements uh, or when you're looking at what's the party going to do in this space, uh, you can, you know, hey, we're going to the tavern. We're getting some drinks. Uh, we're going to flirt with some girls. So I go, OK, um, cool. The, the, you know, the barmaid, she's not really thrilled that you're flirting with her. Uh, so the bus boy starts bringing you mugs of ale and the ale is kind of watered down. Um, and the bartender gives you a, a dirty, gives you the stink eye. Um, so yeah, this place wasn't that great. We're not coming back next time. Okay, cool. Then you didn't have to build right. The backstory of right. the, the tavern owner, right? This is handed down from his, right. This tavern owner, uh, was handed down from his father, Handed down from his father who won it in a game of mahjong, right? No, <laughs> we don't need to know any of that stuff, right? Yes, and I ripped off Kung Fu Panda, but we told you guys take things from from movies and films and books that you're 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 like, mm-hmm. and that's another another way I think to help develop NPCs is to uh, read a lot of fantasy fiction. Uh, I'm always going to tell you to read Appendix N material uh, from the dungeon, the original Dungeon Master's Guide. There's a there's several podcasts. There's a any award winning podcast, the Appendix N Book Club, um, and oh, nice. the, and they'll talk about uh, Jack Vance and Fritz Lieber and uh, Robert Howard, the Conan guy, um, Jules Verne. Like just read. Uh, Lloyd Alexander, that's your Black Cauldron. Um, and and you can pick out traits of NPCs from some of those characters or or some of the some of the supporting characters. Like we were talking about Miracle Max um, right before we started the show from Princess yep. Bride. And and uh, you know, he's it Billy Crystal's a fabulous actor. He gets uh, a little bit of screen time. It's a fun little interaction, right? Oh, you know, he's mostly dead and we're going to give him a miracle pill and the chocolate coating is going to help it go down. And, and then it's like, have fun storm in the castle. And he, he, you never see him again, right? He, he comes in, he does his thing. It's, it's cool. And then he steps off the steps out of frame and, and miracle max is, is, uh, you know, he, he's there with his wife, uh, talking about mutton, lettuce and tomato sandwiches and, and having a good time but uh it's i guess as a gm you kind of really have to think about where do you want to devote your energy um yep and and that and that'll help you have creative juices for the luigis of of the games (laughs) and then not spend so much time worrying about hey blacksmith i'm gonna buy this from you okay cool Right. Yeah. Yep. I, I call I, them I call them the bobs because you you know if, if your party is like you know they they go to the store they're gonna buy their potions. Oh hold on I want to ask this guy some questions. That's the okay here we go. What's this guy? Hey hello sir what is your name? Uh, my my name is Bob. Uh, yeah. I, like and and you give just a whatever kind of a name on the spot just so that they can have an interaction. <clears throat> and then he ends up being 
important. The party ends up really liking them. They go back to them. Um, I have a... I, one of the first towns that I made when I started world building was called Two Posts. And I wanted to really, really flesh out the town because I was going to do a, a several small adventures all based there. So I did want to give it that life and depth. Uh, and so I started an Excel sheet and I made up, uh, I think it was a little bit under 100 NPCs. Um, and it, not nearly any depth it was okay what does this town need to have alchemist blacksmith general store trader guy a couple of wilderness guides and then i gave them names and races and where roughly where in the town they lived um and that was it and so i've still got that list and at the end of that list i think i did 15 or 20 names um that i didn't assign any role to just so that I would have a, a quick name or a quick something to pull if I needed to. Sure. If you're, uh, if you're a DM who, um, if you're not sure if the party will connect with the NPC or not, or if you are not, I'm not awesome at coming up with names on the spot. Uh, I like to have that little list of a couple of names so that if, you know, oh, we're talking to a dwarf, shoot, I need a dwarf name. Uh, here we go. Um, I keep that, that little list handy. Uh, as as a DM aid, um, and that can be a, a good little tool to use. The, on there the are there are many many websites that have name generators as well. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> if you're ever looking for a name, just do whatever kind of name generator. Um, the fantasynamegenerators.com is probably the one that comes up the most. Yeah. Um, so so I I in. Moving on, once you've built them and once you've put them in the world and the players start interacting with them, one of the things, especially if it's a module, and I, t I told you I'd talk about modules earlier in the show, is beware NPC abuse. As a do GM... You, do you mean players abusing the NPC or the yes, GM abusing the NPC's power? No, I, I mean the players putting the NPCs in compromising situations or uh, behaving inappropriately. Um, and and the example I've got in the show notes is uh, Rise of the Rune Lords, right? That's the very first Pathfinder adventure path. Um, there is a female NPC, Amiko Kaijitsu, and that's one of those uh quintessential pathfinder you know hey this is our first pathfinder game we're learning how to play pathfinder hey yamiko why don't we go on a date and and it's like it's it's in and that kind of like trying to seduce npcs trying to get npcs to act outside of their nature trying to turn an npc into a hireling like hey man we'll give you half our gold if you come you know beat up goblins with us uh Whoa, that kind of stuff that's abuse so, so it, 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 again, this, this is module. I'm talking modules now. Okay. Cause um, like we did that if, yesterday when we said, if, Hey, come help us, Rosa. And, and, and that fits with her character, right? You didn't say, Hey, Rosa, we need you to give up pirating and become a nun. Well, not yet. We didn't, but that's not right. an unreasonable but, but, thing for us to do. I. Uh, you you can do it and 
I, as a GM, right, I am going to say, and I guess abuse is the wrong word. Um, I, I think um, I think that's too strong a word. I think it's pulling an NPC out of their functional, like Amiko Kaijutsu has a function in Rise of the Rune Lords. She's there to provide an adventure, a direction for the party and a specific mission. She's like a quest giver. Um, but if you, you know, if you act inappropriately and try to seduce her or, or act like a jackass and, and she starts to regard you or the party in kind of a negative, right. That, that I'm go back to the old school reaction table, right. She goes from neutral to, uh, dis displeasure, I think. And then hostile discontented, um, discontented and then hostile, right. If she gets hostile to you guys, like, you're going to miss a piece of this module. Right, um, but maybe your party doesn't want to play the module or they don't want to do it the way that the module the modules is written. written. That's why I don't like modules. But I know I know you don't like modules, but if they're trying to run through the adventure path, like um, as a DM, a lot of times I'll go out of character and kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and go, so, okay, you guys are having fun and that's, that's cool. You know, rule number one, everyone has fun, but this person, this person has a goal uh, and has a purpose for being here. If you continue to antagonize her, it's just going to change the the outcome of the game. So I guess I guess that's what I do. I don't um, I, I don't in game punish players. We talked about punishing players Isn't in game. That the point though, like so, you're, every player, not every player action, but part of players feeling agency is feeling like their actions have consequences. So if I want her to not like us so that whoever we're following doesn't think that she and I, I don't, I don't know the story for rise of the rune Lords. Right. So I'm going to go back to our seven right. C adventure. If, sure. if my character, Joseph decides, uh, that he has had enough of this honor nonsense and he is going to kidnap the maestro and take him out to sea so that Rosa will freak out and come and try to hunt us. Like, if that was how I wanted to lure Rosa out to us, I, I could have, right? You and totally that could changes have. Now, what the maestro thinks of us. We would have, yes, it would have. And we also would have had a discussion about corruption, which is a mechanic in 7th C to deal with players who are being. Uh, 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 but I wasn't being villainous. I did a bad kid, thing to achieve the goal of the adventure. That is, that is. So the ends justifying the means is the first step of villainy in 7th C. And that's actually in the core rulebook. <laughs> I mean, so again, so the, it's very system and dependent, but that's not how is. like life works. So no, no, it's not. And and again, I I know I'm I'm talking modules, and you you don't appreciate you don't it's, like modules. It's it's, it's okay, right? It, if you've got a module, then you've got players who want to pursue that module, and right. you've got options and, for the NPCs. Right, and that's and that's kind of that's all I'm saying, right? If if I've got the six Rise of the Rune Lord books, and that would have set me back, uh, what's twenty times six? Hundred twenty dollars, uh, right? And we're on book one of my hundred and twenty dollar investment, and you're like, "Hey, Kaijutsu, come into the alley and and do some fun stuff for me because you're hot." Um, 
I just that's a hundred dollars worth of content now that's going to be really hard to get so, to. So that's a session zero discussion, right? Right. Like, do your players right. want to play the module? Do you want to play the module? Um, and when players, all I'm saying is, when players forget that, I as a D, as a GM tend to break, break. I need to talk to you out of character. This is what this NPC is here for. Like, I'm not going to spoil. I'm going to spoil the whole, like, oh, yeah, you know, her brother does this, and and then she's going to realize her brother's a villain, and you have to blah, 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 blah. Sorry if I just rise the room noise for you. But, um, like, if if you keep antagonizing her, this thing's, like, we're not going to be able to finish this, this thread, and that's not going to set you up for the next book. And then the players are like, oh, cool. Check. Got it. Um, is that... And then, not the same video gamey nonsense that you said you didn't like earlier. I. It's hard. I do, I'm I'm kind of poking the bear here because no, it is. I, know. It, I, I feel don't think poked. that there's. I I don't think there's an answer. Right. That's the thing. No, it's it's a balance, and 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 it's a balance thing, right? Um, if you're playing a module, Amiko Kaijitsu has a purpose. She has she she's you can still give her a voice. You can still give her opinions. You can still hey fellas, I'd love to help you right now, but I really got to take a leak. Um, you know, you can give her bodily functions, the whole nine yards, and and but as long as she's still kind of in her space, um, she provides that link to the next piece of the story. So. Right, it's, but does that change if one of the players sleeps with her? It it may not for your group, right? It may not, but it's um it's something that I as a GM, and I'm just saying this is something as I as a GM kind of look out for. The other thing that I that bugs me as a GM um, with NPCs is when the NPC is at a specific socioeconomic level or nobility rank. And the players act like complete jackwads in front of that. So, so in my example here, I'm a I'm a 300 year old dwarf fighter. I'm in Erebor talking to Dane Ironfoot, the king under the mountain, and and I go, boy, it'd be really funny if I ripped a fart right now. Um, or they talk to him without proper courtesies. Now, there's part of this that is right. My players and I are all humans in the 21st century on planet Earth, and we aren't haven't lived 300 years, and we aren't dwarven warriors. And unless we've read lots of Lord of the Rings, we may not know the appropriate honorifics and behaviors in front of the king under the mountain. Um, in theory, if you're playing a a one ring adventure and you are playing in Erebor, you would have some background there. Um, but that's another place where uh, I, as a GM, might talk to my players either in a session zero or say, okay, so I'm not going to, you know, uh, I don't, I don't like to do the retcon. I like to do the pause. Like, so I'm going to push pause right now. If you kind of do that in open court in front of, the noble families and the king under the mountain, like no yeah, one's going what, to invite gonna you happen? to dinner, right? The the and and I know you're big into player agency, but it's like your dwarf would know better. Like, uh, see, I I I really struggle to tell players that because that's me telling a player what their character thinks, feels, does, which I don't do. 
Um, no, well, I but, mean, but if they do that, right? I I think that this is a a, a GM challenge. I think they right? I think so they you need have, to be apprised of the consequences of their action. No, right? no, 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 no. Deal with the consequences after they do it. If you have a player say, "Oh man, I fart in court." Okay, you fart in court. Everybody gives you a weird look. Later on, your party gets invited to dinner and you are asked not to attend. You are now sitting out of the session for 30 minutes. Like, I I wouldn't handle it that directly. Do it in an RP sense and be like, yeah, no, you guys get invited to dinner and, and Dusseldorf, you don't get an invitation. Oh, well, I want to come. I, I show up at the manor. You show up at the manor for dinner and the guards don't let you in. I right. fight the guards. You get sent to prison, and you will sit there for the evening. Right. Like, how, it, how would you like to roll a new character because you're, you know, you're you're bleeding to death? Yeah, but um, but it's, I think that that's that's the DM GM task, right? Is dealing with players who interact inappropriately with your NPCs. And 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 all and again, all I'm saying is that at some could again if, if it is a. If it is an agency thing, like I I want to do this and I know there are going to be consequences, then I'm I'm hunky dory. Um, but if it is a you know you're a 150 year old wizard and it's like I'm gonna go run a marathon, it's like, or you know you're you're a 75 year old wizard and I'm gonna run a marathon tomorrow, it's like okay, you 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 start running, you get about a mile into it, uh, you have chest pains and you fall over short of breath, it's like. Why did that happen to me? Because 75-year-old men who haven't been training to run marathons all their lives don't just get up in the morning and run a marathon without health consequences. Like, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a – for me as the GM, it's one of those things that kind of breaks the – what am I looking for? Immersion. It, it, yeah, it breaks the immersion. Like we can all kind of suspend disbelief playing this game, but then when someone behaves in a 21st century human fashion and they're not in a 21st century human role, for me as a GM or a, or a fellow player, I always kind of like chafe at that. Um, and, and I think NPCs can invite that kind of jackassery from your players that's all I'm, that's what i'm saying sure 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 i uh as as a gm i sort of shrug my shoulders at it like uh last session i had player one of the players was waiting at uh he was like is there somewhere i can get like a like a sandwich or something i don't know when sandwiches were invented i'm not a sandwich historian i said yes there's a deli in a port city in a fantasy world why not cool i'm gonna get uh two roast beef sandwiches uh two blts and uh and, and a turkey club and i was like all right sure like i'm I'm not gonna stress about the the details of that necessarily um because I, I i don't I, I don't know i don't worry about it. it's not it doesn't add or <clears throat> nor subtract from the world or the story it gives the player the moment where he you know hey i did a thing i'm, I'm part of the group while this other stuff is going on and okay we can move forward from that now here's what we're doing next um, okay no that's see I, it's just I'm, difference of style it is I, a I different think. style right i i'm the kind of gm that would pause uh throw open google and google um ethnic street food yeah or, see, or, i'm not gonna worry about it right 
And, and just, just again, that's one of those. I mean, you've you've played in most of my games. You know that that I like those kind of little details. Yeah, definitely. Right. You know, and, it's like ah, oh, I'm gonna go get some fresh fruit. It's January. Um, there are apples, and there are apples. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want pears. Pears are perishable. They don't make it to to unless you can find some in a root cellar um, and they're going to be four times the, the cost. It's like, Oh, all right, I'll take an apple. Yeah. So, so for a listener, I, I we've moved away from NPCs a little bit, um, we, but we it's have. been productive to yeah. talk about you, how you as a, a DM or a GM handles your players interacting with your NPCs. And, and part of this is going to break down to how, what sort of style you want to run for your game. Jack is a very history-oriented guy. I am not. So finding out what details are important for for you and your players to have fun and to feel immersed and to, to feel like there's a cohesion and sense of realism for the world and the time period and the setting that you're in is all something that you're going to do throughout your time as a, as a DM or GM. Um, and it's going to be here's the other thing too it's going to be system specific yeah yeah because in 7c right. i can't do villainous things right like there's right. a mechanic that prevents me from doing that in 5e i totally could do whatever um and if i seduce the person who is going to give us a quest lead and it goes really poorly and they don't give us that quest if you're playing a module, yeah, that wrecks it. If you're playing a homebrew campaign that I spent eight mm -hmm. hours writing, then yeah, that's a... <laughs> that wrecks it. <laughs> yeah, that it does. But as a DM GM, I'm I'm comfortable with that because it's not about me. It's about I'm I'm very player character oriented. Sure. Um, yeah. So NPCs so have yeah NPCs have expectations. They have feelings. They have goals. And you don't want to let your players interfere too strongly with those things without there being a sense of consequence that enables you as the GM to keep that thread going in the direction that it should. And and remember that and 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 uh, again, I'm I'm going more towards that uh, historical context to detailed uh, system world. Uh, but high-ranking NPCs are like onions, or can right? can be like onions. They can well. Uh, a king is not going to be sitting in a room by himself and letting any any wandering person wander into his court. More likely than not, right? He's going to have retainers, servants. He might have a queen. He's going to have a. He's going to have uh, a, an antechamber where petitioners can wait. Like. There is, and, and again, I, I realize I'm going into a very medieval fantasy, uh, Middle Ages, European structure, right? I'm, I'm starting to lay out your feudalistic court structure. Um, but like, watch Game of Thrones, right? Um, well, see, I was going to use that as a counterexample. Really? Yeah, because when Daenerys is in, um, is it, I think it's Marine, and it's her and her uh, lady advisor and the one the one guard and she right. is seeing the servants about 
they're they're burnt goats, they're burnt kids, the the slave master guy. It's three right. people in a room and and whoever off the street is coming in with bundles mm. in their arms to spill at her feet. Oh, okay. Um, or I can use our 7C as an example. And again, right, the system sort of depends on this because 7C right. is very narrative-driven, so you're not going to deal with a lot of this drivel in the moment. But Kara was able to get uh, a lunch with the governor's wife by saying, I would like to go to lunch with the governor's wife. Sure, and and I hand-waved. I, I was like, "You, she's already had lunch with the governor, right? Um, right, but the hand-waving is, is important. The, at the mansion, like yes, I could have role played her taking a carriage to the manor house, talking to the footman, talking to the talking to the servant at the door. But it, but it didn't valet. add to the story. It, it does right. It's which is for me, what, it would have slowed the story down. Now, yes, I understand. Again, I've done lots of reading and research, and 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 um, and Google is not that far away. So if I needed, you know renaissance italian upper socioeconomic household i can google that and get a like this is the staff list this is the average number of people in the kitchen this is the type of butler valet maid serving people right right but that it's it's dragging on (laughs) it's dragging on right and 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 for that moment in our session we didn't need it yeah um so it's like with the with NPCs that you don't need to flesh out, don't, and with details don't. that you don't need to flesh out, don't, or oh, or right. do and keep that in your little DM reference, like with names that you haven't used, or with, with details like that, like oh, if if they were gonna talk to the king, they would need to talk to one of the stewards who would talk to an advisor who would talk to a head advisor who would talk to then the head advisor would talk to the king and the king would say yeah i don't know these guys do, do what you talk to them and then you're you're at the head advisor and you're not going any further right um, until Which you prove may, yourself maybe that's right but maybe that's part of your story is you need that head advisor because he's going to send you on a quest that is important to get done before you talk to the king right um, and when you come back with that the ogre's left ear and give it to the head advisor and you say hey that ogre that was camping out in the swamp he's not a problem anymore and then the advisor goes to the king and he goes hey you know those yucca pucks that you told me to handle look what they brought me and then the king's like okay cool i'll talk to those guys yeah but it creates that kind of uh it creates that again kind of that depth Mm -hmm. that, that i like in a role in a tabletop role play game. Yeah, I I think everybody appreciates depth. It's just where you, um, like like you had said earlier, you know, pl- planning your prep time and and what what do you really need that's important. Um, if your party is already on a quest, you probably don't need a quest giver. Maybe they're in a dungeon and you're not going to need any NPCs. Maybe you whip up one or two just in case they need some help and there's a a wandering adventurer who got lost in the dungeon and he's going to help out. Or uh, a traveling merchant, like in the Castlevania games. Like, what are you doing here? Oh, there's some rare stuff here. Do you want to spend some coin? Look at me. I'm so rich and crazy and alone. Or uh, what was the game where you found, like, a rat man and he was a vendor? You were were fighting... Uh, I think it's Neverwinter. Neverwinter. Yeah, Neverwinter, right? You're fighting all the the were rats, and then you walk into this one room, and there's a guy behind a counter, and he's like, "Stay your hand, warrior. <laughs> Don't I'm kill here me. to 
I'm here to yeah. Don't kill me. I'm here to sell you things because to, by Tuver this un. by this time in the dungeon, you're out of consumables and you need a couple more. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. The and that's those little surprises are fun too. Um, and those NPCs can then become those Luigi's of the world, like yeah. you know, that one goblin that that we we found hiding in a basket offered to sell us a potion um if or give us a potion if we didn't kill him and then, uh, oh it's like bok bok from twbd well, there you go he's yeah. a he's a goblin npc that never was going to be um yeah i i i like to try to think of npcs as like like waypoints almost like you'll you'll do something and then get you you put something in right whether it's role play or gold and you get something out, and it's information or a quest or an item, um, and, yeah. and you can set them up like that to, to either to direct players. Oh, go and talk to this person. Oh no, I don't have the information. Go and talk to this person. Now you know these couple of people, and you learn their relationships, and and you get that sort of laid out. Um, and you you say it in the notes here that it's good to plan it out for for larger worlds and stuff. Oh, maybe that was me. Um, but I, I like planning uh, a little bit broader, like you had mentioned earlier on. With with once you've got that NPC, what are their relationships? How, who are they, and how are they related to that person? Uh, oh, oh, their brother was in love with that girl at one point, and and sometimes that can get confusing, but it also adds that depth, realism, and satisfaction from finally uncovering that web of people that you've been meeting over the years but but that's the risk right of if you if you craft a web that makes sense to you and of course it's in your gm notebook that your players can't see it can be distracting and it can so it, it can lead to an outcome that's not fun or that has nothing to do with the story so mm-hmm there's a, I'll, I'll go back to that balance, right? There's the balance between, right? What's your, I'm going to, I'm going to know everything about the, his weight, his height, his color of his eyes, his favorite color. Uh, the last time he went to the bathroom, um, the last time he ate a turnip, like you could write down all these dates <laughs> and, and, and it's At like, no. right. That's, that's, that's too, you know, you're going, you're getting too deep in the weeds um, for this this, you know, I'm going to pass this guy. He's got a couple of oxen and he's got a cart full of lumber. And uh, he's going to look up and wave as we walk by towards the village. And we might say, uh, Teamster, how how many leagues to the village? Oh, seven. Good, sir. Right. <laughs> and that's it. And now, you know, I've spent hours developing this NPC um, and, you know, that he's done. And that was His it. job was to tell how many leagues more how many more leagues they have to travel to get to the village um of course and it, again your your players are always going to do i shouldn't say always but they the preponderance of the time your players will do something unexpected so you have the ox teamster with a load of lumber and you give him the name earl and that's it like he's got ox he's he's moving lumber his name is earl all he's supposed to do is tell him that the village is 7 leagues down the hill and they're going to stop and talk and 
what are your oxen name? How long have you been hauling wood for the forest? More like they're going to ask him all sorts of questions about the village. Like, who's in charge, and does everyone like the mayor, and has there been any witchcraft lately? And and there's part of that um, that is important and and can feed into the game. And then there's part of me, um, again, I, I have this really, this balance between what's realistic and what's fantastic. And, you know... The, the last time you wandered into a town on on foot, right, Montpelier or Barry or one of the other towns, when did you stop a random citizen in the street and say, hey, who's the mayor of Montpelier these days? And do you like him? Never. Never, right? We don't we do not do that in the real but, world. Right, but, but again, the real world's not a fantasy a, world. It's not a fantasy, right? And that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to balance out the, the what would you – what would you do? Like, again, in a fantasy world, you might ask the ox, the teamster, a bunch of questions, and he might say, "You know, I get into the village twice a twice a week. Um, I deal with with Hector, the lumber merchant. The guards always are nice to me, and and I don't know who the I, I don't know who the mayor is. I, I live in a hut over there." Um, and and those I mean those are more kind of realistic answers as and and I guess I'm saying that as as a GM if you haven't given Earl uh, a deep vibrant backstory and your players start asking Earl about you know do you like the mayor uh, what's the what's the alignment of the town that's that's one that just works <laughs> me the wrong way because you're talking well, about game mechanics i've got to get on my way it was nice to yeah. talk to you folks but the, i've got to deliver town? this lumber on time the town alignment the, i think the gate points the faces east <laughs> right yeah um, yeah i mean that's more you, meta you could, you could give a yeah you could give a uh smart aleck answer to that kind of stuff but yeah you know he can he's like you know whoa you guys have swords like please don't kill me it's like no we're not going to kill you it's just how far is it to the village or the, it's uh it's seven leagues um and then if they start asking questions like he's gonna he's probably thinking i'm gonna get robbed right these murder hobos are asking me about <laughs> the mayor the mayor how many guards are in the town like maybe these guys are gonna rob the town and you know he might slow up and all of a sudden, Earl is is not, and his oxen are kind of, oh no, you know, Fred is lame. I'm gonna have to stop your adventures. You know, good luck on your way. Hey, Fred, give me your back foot. Let me see what's in there. Of course, there's nothing in there, but Earl doesn't want to travel with these guys who are gonna roll the town. Right, right, right. And I, I think too, part like part of that is is players, um, I like if I, I don't. Sometimes I get invested in an NPC and it turns out that the party doesn't like them or they aren't important. Um, So way back when uh, I was talking about throwing my my party, the the rock fight on the Isle of Terrible Lizards, I mentioned that way back. Um, On that isle, there was a race of previously uncontacted rat folk and I had developed not a language for them, but sort of a just a, a quick way to interpret things so that I could speak as these rat folk. Um, and, and they had a, a little bit of lore and they had this, all this information about the Island cause they'd lived there forever and the party didn't want anything to do with them. 
And I, I try, I learned my lesson from it, but I tried to sort of nudge them back there to give them more info, and it still, they didn't take anything that I would have wanted if I was a player in their shoes. So one of the cautions that I'll give is to not put too much into NPCs um, that you, and I, I hate to say that you don't think will be important, because your players will make the dumbest things important, but if Earl is just Earl, then that's okay that your party doesn't want to talk to him. But if you give Earl all of this stuff, then you as the DM might feel bad that they didn't stop and talk to him. And Earl might so be somebody I... as simple as like the gate guard at um, Bree from, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, what are you doing, little hobbits? Uh, we're bound for the Prancing Pony. Our business is our own. No matter, it's my job to watch this gate. And he just opens the gate, closes it, and there he goes. Or even Until the... he gets mowed over by the Nazgul. Right, or even the bartender at the, the Green Dragon, where, you know, they don't ask his name, they don't ask what he's doing. Have you seen a tall guy in a pointy hat? No, not in a long time. Here's a drink. Like, if NPCs don't need to be important, then you, as the DM, can stress that. Yes. Yeah. Give 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 the players a heads up that this guy is not not something. But I wanted to throw out an idea. Uh, I I used this in my youth. I haven't used it recently. Um, but when I was younger and I would make NPCs for my games, uh, I went to the stationery store. You probably get these at Walmart or or Office Max or home or. Um, staples now right the gray metal index card boxes and i would write my npc stats name stats job on an index card um and then uh put them in the box so if i needed an npc i could just open the box and find a card and there you, you go know. that's so, that's the excel spreadsheet of your day Right, so you could you could easily do an Excel spreadsheet or do uh, I'm thinking uh, in Apple products. There's a uh, is it Pages? No, it's Numbers. So Numbers has that brilliant uh, form. You can make a form that feeds into the spreadsheet. So you could just pull up uh, an NPC out of Numbers or Excel uh, and and write that that information. And uh, just because you have an ox teamster named Earl who's walking, who's who's trucking lumber out of the forest. Uh, in this game, right, you could easily repurpose Earl as the uh, guy driving a team of horses from the wharf, and his job is to move the fish that the fishermen catch up the hill to the cannery or the the processing house. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can so, use, use same names, give different stories, or use the same stories and just swap the names around. Yep, totally. Right. I mean, you got yeah. a general store in every town, so there, there, different it, name, it, same guy. Yep, there's a tavern in every right. The Red Dragon Inn is ubiquitous. Yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> yep. Right? Whether it's called the Red Dragon Inn or the Prancing Pony or or the Three Broomsticks, right? There is the quintessential fantasy tavern it's and i mean that's yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um, yeah I, I feel like we have 
we've covered kind of, this one. We've huh? kind of come come full circle around on it. Yeah. Um, build your NPC either from a story base. So, oh, I need this. I need this person to have this relative, or uh, I I need this person to try to assassinate this guy, and that's going to start the whole story. And then give them name, role, strength, weakness, depth. Yeah. Um, and we've we've yammered on. Uh, I think I think we've we've uh, we've hammered this one home. Uh, we had also planned. I think at the beginning of the show we had talked about. Well, let's talk about the big, big bad, evil guy and and bosses. Um, and I, I I don't think we have enough runway, enough time to do I, that justice. I, I yeah, I feel like the the big bad evil, the BBG, the big bad evil guy was was originally going to be part of this, but I think that the BBG deserves its its own episode. Um, talking about you know the the end boss or the. Um, the head honcho, you know, th- those really important NPCs that you need to give that depth to so that you can figure out. So so here's a, yeah, Luigi, you have a class schedule for. I wouldn't do that for a, a nobody NPC, and I wouldn't do that for an NPC that was a nobody and turned into a, a somebody who got Luigi'd, as we've been saying. Right. We turned but into I, a verb. I absolutely <laughs> would do that for a big bad evil guy because I as the DM need to know like where they are and what they're doing and what plots they're progressing at any point that the party is doing things Um, and I got caught up on that a lot in my first campaign that I ran so I I think the BBEG deserves its its own full episode if we don't give them their own episode the big bad evil people will come kill us anyway yeah, and this one's going to be, you know, two or three hours long at that point, so... Probably. Um, so... Yeah, I don't know. Any any other thoughts on NPCs? I I think I've I've wandered and gone off the rails and come back enough uh, about NPCs. So uh, parting shots are uh, balance between do you need them, do you not need them, uh, depth, right? And uh, don't be afraid to make them and put them someplace, whether it's on index cards, if you're old school like me, or an Excel spreadsheet, or just a, a folder on your computer with sticky text notes, files. Sticky notes, notes. college ruled paper, it doesn't matter where. Right. And, uh, and if you make one up, uh, just make them up, write them down, uh, stat them out if, if your system needs stats. Uh, if it makes sense, you don't have to stat them out. Um, and then now you've just got uh, a quiver of NPCs to just pull from. I think I think uh, Wizards of the Hasbro probably sells cards, right? NPC probably. cards. Yeah, I know I that. I don't use a lot Cha- of supplemental resources, but Chaosium has cards uh, for villains and heroes for Seventh C. You can oh. just get a deck of here. It's like, oh, I need a hero. You just pull a card, and it's basic stats and and enough to to give you a. a a shot at role-playing that NPC. Nice. It's very cool. Uh, I think my closing thoughts will be earlier you said to, to read a lot, and I will temper that by saying uh, just just write them. Just write NPCs, even if it's, you know, Joe Smith, Billy West, uh, Egret Fairfeather. Um, just, just do it. Write, write out some names. Give them little quick professions. 
Uh, really, really simple depth can be fun and meaningful sometimes. Give them a, a favorite color, so when your players see them, they're always wearing uh, a blue shirt. Or, or give them some other quirk or knack to make them memorable if you want them to be memorable. Or, on the other hand, don't provide too much info about them if you want the party to sort of pass them by, like the gate guard in Bree, or a barkeeper at a town that they're just staying at for a single night. Um, and like you said earlier, uh, use your prep time wisely and, and find out what NPCs you need to give depth to and which ones you don't. That is, until your party does something silly and gives you a Luigi. <laughs> and you get a Luigi. Um, and he's going to be late for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, so that's going to do it. Set the table. Six, episode 16, non-player characters. Um, if you would like to comment on the show, ask us a question get a little more help with your NPCs, feel free to tweet at us either at jmscoda5 or at redhoodiegames. Um, or uh, if you would like to... Yeah, here, do you, you do a plug. If you want to learn more about drow households, where will people be able to find that? So that, that will be posted uh, shortly on gamemeisters.com. In fact, uh, there is a post out there. One of the... One of the um, kind of the serial blog postings I've been doing are on uh, drow morality and religious customs. So um, it, it was sparked by some conversation about the recent unrest and, and Hasbro's or Wizards of the Coast's decision to kind of uh, scale back or, or reevaluate just patently evil races like, oh, this, this race is evil. Uh, and so oh, I, we started yeah. we started thinking about uh, a couple of my friends and I started talking about well if you started with some base principles you could build a religious tradition and I'm not saying that that we need to do this or anyone should do this but you could justify acts of torture uh, and human sacrifice as sacred based on Loth's commandments and her guidance for how drow elves should conduct themselves to be spiritual and moral creatures um, using some right some ethics and some philosophy and and starting with principles that humans probably would find abhorrent um, but it's uh it's a kind of a work in progress it's uh it's a wandering wizard named uh Valglis, and he's kind of documenting his observations of uh the dark elves he, his, the first post is uh, on matron mothers and why um, matron mothers are important and why they probably don't look very maternal to the, <laughs> the surface races. But, <laughs> to why, but why their behaviors uh, are, uh, why they find value in their behaviors. So that's at gamemeisters.com. Nice. And I'll throw a link to that down in descriptions wherever uh, podcasts and videos like this can be found. And then if you'd like to do anything more than listen, like, whatever you do, head on over to patreon.com slash skoda and, uh, and whatever you can do to support us is super helpful. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you next time. Good day. Good day.